I'm Jerica. Maybe you've seen me before in the beginning of a service or maybe leading worship, but today I get to have a conversation with you. We've been in this series because COVID for a few weeks, and right now we're going to talk about what's being exposed through COVID when it comes to our relationship with our friends. Because COVID, we're now faced with the harsh reality that we don't make time or space for others, and we don't have real friendships and community in a season where we desperately need it. And I don't know about you, but I'm so sick of talking about all of the bad things COVID has done in the past five months. So I'm ready to move forward. Are you? And if you're watching right now, would you comment um, in whatever platform you're using and tell me what you're sick of most? Seriously, do it. Now's your chance to let it out. But I will ask that you tell me what you're gonna do about it because from this moment on, right now, we're gonna move forward. We're just not gonna complain and not be a part of the solution. So get it off your chest. I'll go first. I'm tired of the division that COVID has revealed. It was already there, but for some reason, this pandemic exposed the yuckiness of division amongst us, even within our church. You heard me, there's division even inside a church. And I think that's the yuckiest part. I'm just tired of people getting upset when someone posts something that they don't agree with on their Facebook. So from this moment on, I wanna stand for unity. I wanna do all that I can to promote it. Now, doesn't that feel good? Ready to move on? Good. So because COVID, maybe you're thinking, I don't have many close friends. Because COVID, I don't have time to see my friends. Because COVID, if I have friends, they don't really care about me. Because COVID, I don't really know how my friends are doing and they certainly haven't checked in on me. And I'm so disconnected and lonely because of COVID. We can't blame COVID for this, y'all. We had a serious problem with this pre-COVID. We were already deep into some habits that hinder us from connecting with others. Deep habits that have thick roots. We struggle with purposeful friendships. We struggle with prioritizing others and putting their needs before our own. And because of that, we miss out on the power that can come from friendships. So right now, we can choose our future. Will we be purposeful and prioritize friendships? Or will we continue to use COVID as the ultimate excuse? Let me pray for us. God, I'm grateful for a season that has exposed the not so good sides of us. And I ask Lord that today is a starting point for us to, to choose to love others well, to choose to fight for the good of other people and, and Lord to sacrifice ourselves a little bit, to step back and put other people before ourselves. God, please use your word like you do all the time to speak to people boldly so they hear your voice and they know what is, is, what is next for them. Lord, we're thankful for Jesus, who is the ultimate friend to us. It's in his name that we pray and ask all of these things. Amen. I have a story I want to share with you about some friends in the Bible who prioritized one another, and, and we'll hear about the power that came from that. But before I get there, I need to stop and just unpack what it means to be a friend. I'm sure we all have different thoughts on this. And maybe right now you're thinking, Jericho, COVID hasn't 
stopped me from having friends. I have like 1,330 friends on Facebook and I follow like 636 friends on Instagram. And I'm a little embarrassed to say, to admit that those are the numbers of my accounts. <laughs> and maybe some of you aren't surprised, <laughs> but that's my point. Our definition of a friend is just so loose these days. So when I say we don't have purposeful friendships or friendships that we prioritize, I mean, we're not good at going deep with other people or putting others' needs before our own, let alone loving others like Christ loved us. Why is that? A new friend of mine, James, shared with me his definition of friendship. He shared this, a friend is someone who fights for the highest good of another person. And this was like an aha moment for me, but, but sort of like, duh, of course that's what a true friend is and does. So what's your definition of a friend? Throw it in the comments. I think that the COVID season has given us an opportunity to redefine friendship and what it means. And the Bible tells us that a friend loves at all times. Do you have people like this in your life where you're fighting for their good over your own? People who fight for your good over their own? Do you wish that you had this type of friendship in your life? Did you used to have this relationship in the past? This is the type of friendship that I wanna talk about today. And honestly, I've been struggling with this and exactly like what to say to you because this means so much to me. And I feel like I have so much to say about this. And when given the opportunity to speak to you all like this, I just desperately want for Jesus's heart to show, specifically on this subject. And I'm just so confident in his reckless love and his sold out passion for people that I feel convicted to speak on it every chance I get. So let me tell you about this group of friends found in the book of Mark, chapter two. For some of you, this is gonna sound familiar. You've heard this story before, but I want you to focus in on what this passage has to say to you in this moment. Because here's another thing I'm confident in, that his word is living and breathing. So what this scripture meant to me, say, six months ago, is not what I hear God saying to me right now. Let's read verses 1 through 12. This is Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. When he entered Capernaum, that's Jesus, again, after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many people gathered together that there was no room in the house, not even in the doorway. And he was speaking the word to them. He came, they came to him, bringing a paralytic carried by four. Since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And after digging through it, they lowered the mat on which the paralytic was lying. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does he speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right away, Jesus perceived in his spirit what they were thinking, that they were thinking like this within themselves. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and take your mat and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he told the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he got up. He took the mat and went out in front of everyone. As a result, they were all astounded and gave glory to God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. So like I mentioned, about six months ago, 
my friend Micah spoke on this story. And that was the beginning of my husband's cancer journey. If you don't know, my husband's battling lung cancer, but he's kicking butt by the way. <laughs> but when we heard this story, we were so thankful for friends with faith because we knew that they were gonna be the ones keeping us going. This week, God is using this story to remind me or redirect me to what's most important, which is fighting for the highest good of others. There are so many pieces of this short story that I love. One, the house was packed, Avi pre-COVID. But I mean, stop and think about this for a second. They couldn't even get in the door. And I've been to my fair share of parties that I thought were pretty happening. And I don't ever remember experiencing a house party where I couldn't even get in the door. And, and these people are like spilling out. It says there's no room in the doorways. They're like hanging out on the porch. Two, these guys cared so much about their friend that they took the roof off, it says, and dug into the ceiling. I don't even know what that takes, but I can imagine that takes some effort. But what I love most about this story is that it says, after seeing their faith, Jesus healed this man. Their faith healed him. Hello. These four friends fought for the highest good of their friend. And because of it, he was healed. When was the last time you carried your friend to Jesus? When was the last time you were so adamant about getting your friend the help they needed? When was the last time you put someone else's needs before your own? When was the last time you wrecked the roof for someone? So why don't we do this? I have some thoughts, but if I'm honest, the thoughts were not easy for me to hear. Our friends in Mark, they didn't let anything stop them when it came to their friend meeting Jesus. They didn't stop when the paralyzed man needed help physically getting to Jesus. They carried him. They didn't turn around once they got to the house and say, oh, no room in that house, buddy. They didn't stop once they got on top of the house. They dug through it. They didn't stop. We stop. Most times we, we stop short. When it's too uncomfortable, we stop. When it's not going to be easy, we stop. When the diagnosis looks way too scary, we stop. When we can no longer hang out with them the same way we used to, we stop. When the marriage ends, we stop. When they can't conceive a child and we don't know how to help them because it's too heartbreaking, we stop. We stop short when it gets hard. Why? Why do we stop? Because we view friendship through the lens of what can they do for me, not what can I do for them. What do they add to my life? And the reality is that true friendship is going to go through seasons. There's going to be times when our friends need us more than we need them. Hello, this is my life. A true friend realizes that right now in this season, it's going to be tough. But I'm going to see you through it, not I'll see you once you're through it. I'm going to fight for the good right now, even in the mess, even in the challenge. This is the type of friendship that takes sacrifice, and we're not comfortable doing that. But if this is the type of love that we're supposed to extend to others, which I believe it is, then we're going to have to sacrifice. So, so how many non-agenda relationships do you have in your life right now? That's not easy to think about. <laughs> so a man came through the roof right in the face of Jesus. Jesus, seeing the faith of the friends, told the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. 
So there were religious teachers hanging around and they're thinking to themselves, they, they weren't saying this, they were thinking to themselves, this is blasphemy. This man can't forgive sins. He's not God. And Jesus knew what they were thinking. <laughs> he had the power to know what was going on in their thoughts. Let's read it. It's verse six. But some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does he speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right away, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were thinking like this within themselves. And he said to them, he calls them out, which I love. He says to them, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But so that you may know that the son of man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. He told the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he got up, took the mat and went out in front of everyone. As a result, they were all astounded and gave glory to God saying, we have never seen anything like this before. Can I just say, if Jesus was calling me out on my thoughts, ew, that would not be pretty. What would he see in your thoughts? What would he call you out on? If we read the same text, this story in the book of Matthew instead of Mark, it says that Jesus asks the teachers, why do you entertain evil thoughts? And then Matthew 12, 34 says, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And I'm afraid we have messed up hearts and messed up minds. I know we do. We have a serious heart issue. And I'm thankful that COVID has revealed that. We needed that wake up call. We desperately need a new heart. And guess what? God promises to give us that. In Ezekiel 36, 26, that's in the Old Testament. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Don't let your heart be an obstacle. Right now it is. Let's learn from our friends in the text and see what obstacles they overcame. They overcame a crowd. They overcame a ceiling. They didn't let these things stop them. So what obstacles are in your life right now? You can't fill in the blank because COVID. You can't love others because you don't have time. I can't be intentional with my friends right now because my life is a hot mess. Hear this. You cannot let those things stop you because guess what? It might be your faith that heals your friend. You choosing to love despite the challenges or crap that pop up in your life might be what your friend is waiting on. What breakthrough could be waiting for your friend? Healing was waiting for our friend in the story. It took the faith of his friends to heal him. Some of you may be knocking this whole like friend thing out of the park. You're like, I'm good at this. I got this. You're living it. I know some of you are. Then my charge for you is to continue to use your ability to friend others well and use that as your vehicle to get people to Jesus. Because people who don't look like you, act like you, vote like you, live like you, those people need Jesus. <laughs> people will know that we follow Jesus by our love, not by what we say over here or what we post on Facebook, but how we love. That's what John 13, 34 through 35 says. Jesus says, I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. 
By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. But some of you right now, you're already disqualifying yourselves. You're checking out, you're looking at your phone, you're not listening, saying you can't do this, you don't have it in you. Well, listen, my life right now is not ideal. If I were to write it all out on paper, I would look like a hot mess. There are days when I think, oh, it would be so much easier to just give up, to let myself go, to stay in bed, to have a pity party. That seems like the easier choice most days, but I don't. I get up, I smile, I laugh, I cheer on, I encourage, I worship and sing, I praise and I celebrate Jesus, not because it's easy, but because I know it's worth it. And why is it worth it? Because I know that someday, maybe not today or even tomorrow, but someday my story, our testimony, our witness will be a breakthrough moment for someone in our life. And in fact, I have somebody in my mind right now that I am begging Jesus to use the season I'm walking in to point them to him. I will not let my circumstances disqualify me in the game of loving others and pointing them to Jesus. Don't let your circumstances or obstacles stop you. So what is your mat? Because by the way, we all have one. We might not be carrying a friend on a physical mat, but there's definitely a mat. Our friend may not need physical healing, Maybe they do, but there's some sort of mess that we're gonna have to walk through, some ceiling we're gonna have to bust through because, of, because our faith could heal them. This is the power of friendship that I don't want us to miss out on. We can't give up on them. We have to fight for them. You know, my calling and passion in life has been and is to encourage others to have a hope and joy in their own lives. And the greatest joy that we could ever experience comes from loving God and loving others. So I am gonna carry whatever mat I have to for my friends so they can experience hope. Will you? Right now, as I'm speaking, who's coming to your mind? I want you to grab a pen or maybe take out your phone and take a note. I want you to write that name or that situation down. Whoever or whatever that situation is, write it down. And I want you for the next week or so to consistently bring that before God. Pray over them, pray over it often. Figure out what he's saying to you. There could be breakthrough on the other end of this. So where do you fit in this story? Are you the sold out friends sacrificing for the one? Are you the sold out friends breaking through barriers for the one? Are you the teachers of the law who have evil thoughts thinking to yourselves, what in the world is going on? Are you just a bystander who's wondering, who are these crazy friends? How is this man healed and who's doing the healing? Or are you the paralyzed man, barely making it through, needing to allow yourself to be vulnerable and cared for? And let me remind you that community is allowing others to take care of you while you're caring for them too. So who are you in the story? Right now you have a choice you can choose to fight for the highest good of others like our friends did. You can be intentional. You can start fresh. Maybe you find yourself in the good friend category. You are that good friend or you have all of the best friends around you. Right now, I feel the blessing of community around me 
and I see God's hand woven throughout my 28 years of living. I'm totally the, totally the paralytic, riding on the faith of my friends. I've had people fight for my good recently, like yesterday recently, and years ago. <laughs> because of that, I want to extend grace that can be offered to them, the same grace that was offered to me. I want to risk it all to love others and be a friend to them. Will you join me? If you find yourself in the need of a heart transplant, which I might be here as well, like the teachers of the law in our story, choose this day how you will move forward to change the way you think about, treat, include, and love others. Choose to be a friend and put the needs of others before your own. You have a choice. You have an opportunity. And maybe for some it's a second chance because of Jesus. A man who fought for our good. A man who gave it his all. He says in John chapter 15, no one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. So again, we have a chance and a choice to respond right now. In the next few minutes, I want you to take a really good look into your heart. Go there, even if it's uncomfortable. You know, growth isn't always comfortable. But what I don't want this moment, what I don't want to pass by in this moment is, is the chance for us to pause and to take a really good look internally. A lot of you watching most likely call Jesus your friend. Some of you may not, and that's okay. But some of you who do, we have serious work to do. When I hear about the brokenness and division within our families and communities, I don't have words. When I hear about people killing other people who don't look like them, when I hear about people walking away from relationships because they're hard, when I hear about loneliness and depression, I don't have anything to say. The disappointment and the heartbreak, I feel, is overwhelming. And you know, my mom, she's so smart. I talk about her often. I don't give her all the credit she deserves. But I'm constantly learning from her on how to love God and others. She posted this on her Facebook. She said, you do realize that no nation or human or pandemic is the real enemy here. There are dark spiritual powers at work in this world. And we, we as Jesus's followers, will only be victorious over them by remaining faithful to him and loving our enemies, just like Jesus did. While we were sinners, while we were enemies of Jesus, he loved us so much so that he gave up his own life. So in this moment, we're going to remember that sacrifice and we're going to celebrate. Because of his death and resurrection, we will be given a new heart and a new spirit and we'll be able to fight for the good of others with his power living inside of us. So hopefully by now you've had the chance to grab some bread or crackers, donut, something to drink. I want us together as a body to remember this moment that Jesus fought for our good. So take that little piece of bread and as you take it, know that his body, Jesus' body was given for us. Now, that little bit of juice or whatever you have to drink, we take this 
to remember that his blood was poured out for us. Every time we do that, we remember that Jesus fought for our highest good. And we remember that we have such a good friend in Jesus. And if you claim him as your savior, then we've got some work to do. And we can go fight for the highest good of other people. Y'all, I am cheering you on. Keep it up. You can do this. Go out and fight for the highest good of others.